Well, there is a lower class, I am in it. While there is a criminal element, I am of it. And while there is a soul in prison, I am not free. Eugene B. Debs. Somewhere deep in puppet land, each of Judy's bravest puppets got a message. Billy. <clears throat> Billy Hungry Tongue, Jack Double Tongue, and Orson Toothy Grin, the bravest puppets of Judy, exiled hero of Puppetland and ruler of respite, has summoned them. A note is slid under their door. Is it pronounced respite or respite? Respite. <laughs> oh, don't Please. get caught up in semantics. Well, I've only ever read the word. I prefer to hear it out loud, make sure I'm getting the correct pronunciation. Oh, I suppose that's fine. Judy paused and said, respite, 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 to try to give her one to dub over the one she pronounced incorrectly. I prefer then, respite, personally. Well, it's not correct. Oh, language is prescriptive. No. No. Somewhere in Puppet Land, the clock ticked on and on. <laughs> but meanwhile, notes were slid into the door of Orson Toothy Grin, Billy Hungry Tongue, and Jack Double Tongue. Please, come to Respite. I need your help. We're in deep trouble. Signed, Judy. Well, I can... So, boys, you up for a journey? Do we all live together? <clears throat> No, we do not. I'm surprised you don't know that. No, but we are all together in this town square. Billy had eaten some very sour oats that day and was a, feeling a bit saucy. I can't remember my own oh, home anymore. Oh, no. Oh, Billy, you fool, you little buffoon. But Judy needs us, so we have bigger problems to attend to. Of course, Judy calls, we must answer. Oh, a clever one, aren't you? I like you. Who? You. I don't know what was clever about what I said. Let us away. Hubert's lost to the peons, then. Perhaps another time. Why don't you go steal someone's watch? Okay, that sounds like a bang-up idea, actually. Oh, if that farmer red cap is quite the rube. I'll just pluck it from Haste the to Judy! And so the three puppets journeyed to, Ju to the land of respite, where they found Judy. Clutching a terrible note. Judith, what's wrong? What is on that note you've got there? Judy, do you like my new watch? It's beautiful. Thank you, got it this Jack morning. Double tongue. And Judy waited anxiously to see what would appear on her screen. Okay. Judy. Judy addressed her three brave puppets. Thanks so much for coming. I, uh, I'm very glad you were able to come help me. Respite is in deep trouble. I always knew that Punch always wanted to put a monster in the lake to take it away from us. And just to be mean... But I thought he meant to build something like one of his boys, a horrible creature that would serve and obey him. To unleash the crocodile is madness, even for Punch. 
I need you to go to the box and find out how Punch managed to get inside. Please, my friends, find some way to break into that perilous place. There's a puppet in that prison who can help us. He has an unlimited supply of the one treat that the crocodile loves to eat more than milk, cookies, puppets, boats, and cucks, and well, everything else. Please, my friend, find some way to reach Joey the Clown. Where is this box? Yes, a point in the right direction would be helpful. Well, find Tommy Turnkey, and he will open the box for you. He lives just over there. And she points over in the direction over there of the mountains. That line, respite. All right, then. Tommy Turnkey, we're on our way. <laughs> I could have said it better myself. They made a trip to Box Mountain. It's a massive crag set in the wilder portion of Maker's Land. It's a lonely peak with a warren of tunnels and caves riddled throughout and beneath it. Deep in the heart of the mountain is the box itself. Each of the puppets, our hero puppets, looked around one way and the other, amazed at what they saw in the box mountain. Carved into the walls of the box, made of finished stone, is the face of Tommy Turnkey the Warden, shining like a brass moon in a light of eternal sconces. They saw him from a distance, but they also saw a patrol of nutcrackers stomping through. They only had moments to decide what to do. So what is our plan here? Well, like a head-on approach. No, a surprise attack. Maybe would be, mm. be beneficial. Or, si- or perhaps simply avoiding them. Or if we could take a band of thread and tie it across the cave. Quickly, each puppet had to, had to say exactly what they were doing in order to avoid the nutcrackers. I leaped quickly onto a craggy cliff above this cone of vision. The fools can hardly crane their necks. And Jack created an elaborate rope trap in order to trip each nutcracker, one at a time, as they marched into, into the area that the puppets sat in. And then I will slit their throats. <laughs> Down, the first nutcracker tumbled, and the other nutcrackers froze, noticing that a rope had tripped one of their friends. I will feign an avalanche to push them into their know. fallen friend and rope by floating on the breeze off to the side of the mountain to cast the widest and most intimidating shadow like a bat a giant horrible bat the visage of a hideous bat was cast on the wall of the nutcrackers a cowardly and superstitious lot (laughs) a cowardly and superstitious lot although mean were not terribly brave and turned and ran the other way shrieking their nutcracker shrieks as they went except for the one nutcracker who had fallen ah yes I hope I make it back to the mountain and am able to climb back Finally. up. <laughs> and I, oh, the poor fool, helpless, prone, not ready for my coup de gras. A simple leap will take care of this matter. And Jack slit the nutcracker's wooden throat. And now, for me, an opportunity to feast. 
for I will partake in the flesh of the nutcracker and slake my thirst for its wooden bones and sinewy fleshed body. Billy's hunger, which was terrible, was finally satisfied. And then, before them, still the gleaming face of Tommy Turnkey. I have to say, Billy, that was a a turn I was not expecting. Uh, Thomas, there you are. It's... They would eat us. You eat them. A poetic justice. I applaud you, single tongue. I am the hungry tongue. It is a hunger I cannot ignore. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, what say you? Come out from there. Tommy, whose eyes were built right into the side of the box, flew open. He said, Oh, hello, boys. I am Tommy Turnkey, and I operate the box. My sweet little puppets. Perhaps if he doesn't see me, he thinks I will him. Wait. Never mind. <laughs> That sentence got away from me. Don't worry, it happens. Hello. Hello. I'll be back here, because I feel uncomfortable now. Now, Tommy, you box of a man, what do you contain inside of you? Oh, I... I contain all the Maker's most dangerous puppets. I used to have the crocodile. But now... I do not. Where has this crocodile gone to? <laughs> Punch came and took him. And he's put them in the in the I I He said he was going to put them in the in the lake to get the biscuit boys to stop them from bringing biscuits to respite. And I can only assume he's done so. What do you fellows want? Hi, me again. Um I'm very lonely here. We were told you would know that on which they like to feast. It likes to feast. Oh, well, I think the crocodile likes sausages more than anything. And you're looking for Joey the Clown, aren't you? Yes, we are. He's inside the he's inside the box. Could you let him out? No, for I cannot. me. I can let you in, but you have to operate the locking mechanism. Oh, well, that'll be simple. Where's that key, right? Um. No. So, no key for me. Well, it's quite simple, really. I ask you a question, and then you must do something what I ask you to do. Hmm. Based on your answer. We All will right, work then. your locks and brave your trials. Grant us entrance! He has a name, you know. Tommy's eyes turned creepily to Orson. Impossible or improbable? He asked. What? Impossible or improbable? He asked. I'm not sure what you refer to, but the answer is improbable. Nothing is impossible. 
and he blinked as he as he wondered how he was going to explain this very mechanical thing without breaking the rules of the game. Thinking quickly, he searched within his PDF to find something he could copy I and paste into the chat. I wonder if the strange clacking I've been hearing might produce a series of numbers <laughs> that could clue me in as to what this box refers to. So, Orson, you must... Orson, you can't wear disguises? I cannot. You, can, you can't fight or be near fire or wear disguises. I just tell the whole world my shortcomings, why don't you? You also can't kick, throw, or grab things heavier than paper. I'm not going to ask you to write my dating profile. Be invisible to more than one, or to be invisible without trying, or get completely wet. Since it'll kill me, yeah. <laughs> um, Tommy's face, which is also the door to the entrance to the box, glowed white hot. And then a, a flame opened right and appeared right in front of Tommy. If you pass through the flame, Orson, you can come inside the box. What vile magic is this? You wish to scare me off the mountain? I nearly lost my footing. With your summons of flames and fires. Tommy blinked again and looked very sad. I'm sorry. But this isn't supposed to be so Box. painful. The maker could do impossible things every day and improbable things every night. So this was no problem for him. What you ask the of only me, one operating the box. as I said, is improbable. And is it, it is for our duty, which makes it nothing short of simply possible. I will leap through your flames. And Orson, stealing himself and ignoring the terrible fear inside his guts, jumped through the fire. As he did, the box door opened, and he passed inside, the door slamming shut beside him. And flames spread across his body, but he rolled and rolled as he hit the ground, and a bit of it, and most of it came out, although he was quite a bit more charred than before. Tommy's eyes turned. To the Tongue Brothers. Well, he's inside. You know, Billy, I often think that people confuse us for brothers, given oh, our similar well, last I'm names. Sure they do. Like this fellow here seems to be eyeing the both of us as if we were a package deal. Are your last names not both Tongue? They sure are, yeah. They are. True. Are you not both puppets? Yes, we are. Also true. Yes. Then your brothers. Oversimplification of the matter. Well, to show you how separate we are, I will separately step forth to the box challenge. And I will wait behind and watch him do it. Did you say you were going to jump you're going to get into the box? forth for the box challenge. Impossible or improbable? Impossible. <clears throat> so you can't dodge things, tell lies, get things done quickly, or curse? Yes. Um. Tommy blinked 
in a shiny um <clears throat> a shiny puzzle appeared before Billy on a little platform. It was one of those puzzles where you have to move the pieces around in order to um complete it. You know what one of those puzzles. The of a puzzle. A slitting puzzle. And here I go. Billy, do the slitting away. puzzle. Well, you've got to do it quickly. Billy worked quicker than he had ever worked in his life, for he knew it was very important to get inside the box so he could help Orson help Judy. And as he did, his fingers began to steam, and his little puppet eyes rolled around in his head, and his wires made terrible creaking noises as they Not worked and worked and worked like they never worked before. But he solved the puzzle strain. in record time, and the door swung open. But to the victor the spoils. I will be moving on now. And Tommy's eyes snapped over to Jack Doubletongue. Yes, yes, your impossible task. Let me see it. Impossible or improbable? Impossible, of course. So you can't kick things? I don't think I've written down your can'ts properly because they look incomplete. I cannot kick things. I cannot turn down a challenge. I cannot control my temper. And I cannot move heavy objects. Tommy smiles. And a big, beautiful, plump net appears before him. And then in front of the plump net, a big, beautiful, plump soccer ball. It's simple, Jack, he says. Kick the ball into the net. Very well, then. Hmm. If I do not have a foot, I will fashion a foot for myself. And I will use my bla—I will use my sheath blade as my new leg and use it to launch the ball into the net. <laughs> Jack quickly and brutally forced his sword up his... <laughs> it's my new foot. Yes. Plump bottom. <laughs> In order to... Delightful. <laughs> do, you know where, do you know where the maker put the puppet I juice I think pot? I know now. Um, <laughs> and so much was edited out of this podcast. It was a simple 26 minutes. Jack fashioned a sword out of his a fo- fashioned a foot Jack fashioned a foot out of his sword <laughs> and kicked the ball into the net but as he did <laughs> the sword rotated in its place and <laughs> tore Jack oh, up my place. something fierce <laughs> oh my god what to not mention it is torn up quite fiercely. Oh, what a world of pain I am in. Thank you. Tommy, Tommy's eyes rolled around and around in his head and his door swung open one more time. All right, you may enter. <laughs> so what are you comrades up to? I still do not care for your wordplay. <laughs> Complex. Um, so, the box. The box was four prison cells. One open. One 
containing Joey the Clown, one containing an ominous book. I wonder if anything happens if I go in this empty one and close it. I believe you would get locked in. You think I cannot escape prison? I don't know, can you? I can escape you because now you see me and now you don't! It's true that I do not see you, but I know you're there. The prison did beckon to Orson, but did he step inside? Though you are right, it feels a trap. Oh, but not all traps are bad. And like you said yourself, you could escape in a moment. Give it a shot. Just a little. Not we have things to do. Oh, come on. Not play games. Come on. Come on. I will see to the clown you may lock yourself in whatever cage you wish. Oh, the only cage you're in is the cage of boredom. Or the cage you've constructed around your own life. I'm going to see this hanged fellow. See what his see what he is all about. Hello there, hanged fellow. What's up? Besides yourself, of course. Oh, not much to say. Rope got your throat. Are you making jokes at a corpse? I'm just trying to lighten the mood a little. The terrible, the terrible visage of Jack Ketch turned over. Turned over towards Jack. He's wearing a long black coat and a black mask. And black hair stuffed like dyed straw coming down his back. Hello, Jack Doubletongue. You've stolen many pies from your neighbor's windowsill. I believe those are free pies. You believe nothing of the thing. Then why are they baking so temptingly on the windowsill, drawing themselves to me closer and closer? Let me out of my cage so I can return to my mission. And what would that be? I punish the guilty for their crimes against the maker. Oh, no, thank you. You just called me guilty. I don't punish petty thieves like you. Who do you wish to punish? I punish murderers. Oh, like maker killers. And Jack produces a... From from his back, a bundle of planks tied with a length of rope, which then unfold and form a gallows, complete with a hanging noose, and then magically refill, reflow, back into a, the bundle. And this fellow seems like it could be helpful. He says yes, like maker killers. Should I let him out? I'm thinking yes. The maker-killer is punch, you fool. No, he's the maker-killer-killer. Listen to Billy all the way through before interrupting him. I don't have time to see if someone is actually incorrect or just phrasing things weirdly. All right, then how do I let you out? Is there a key or something? I I imagine you would have got to yourself, but you're all tied up at the moment. Just a little gallows humor for you. He stares blankly at you. No, not at all. No sort of humor in this one. Just open the door. All right, then. I will move to the door. 
and with a quick turn, open it. <laughs> I prefer chimney. Twas a simple task for one such to myself. I open a door most every day. <laughs> I prefer windows. I don't. I use a door. Call me old-fashioned, but I like the classics. Jack Ketch stepped out of his cage and uh, began to float away down the box. You sure good luck I, out there. I will find the maker killer. I'm sure he'll be all right. That boy's got a bright future. I hope things turn out just all right for him. He'll so how are you doing over here, Orsi boy? Well, I was going to have this conversation with this clown, but then I got wrapped up in your thing, so... Oh, well, hello, I'm Joey the Clown. Clown, do not joke with us! Oh, I'm sorry, my name's Joey the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> I love to make people laugh. We have heard you are hilarious. But I do not appreciate it at this moment. Joe and Joey begin to do cartwheels all around his cell. Boy, I hate being locked up in here like this. We have heard, we will free you, but you must stop a crocodile. Oh, I don't know how to stop a crocodile. I'm just a clown. Are we here for the? I thought he was the one who knew how to stop the crocodile. Uh, guys. That's what I and, was made to believe. And the sound of crickets emptied, uh, emptied, sounded <laughs> empty. all through the empty hallways of the box. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we were told that you would be the one to stop this vile creation. Well, there's not much, I don't know much about crocodiles. Or at least inform us of how to. Oh, do you know about sausages? Oh, sausages? Sure. I can make sausages just like <gasps> that, Joey says. And he begins to pull sausages out of his sleeve, just strings and strings of sausages. Why, I love sausages. And May we try that, them to make sure they are legit? What a strange question. Of course. And Everyone grab a sausage and dig in. He breaks some sausage for each one of them. Oh, the, I'm uh, a vegetarian. Well, don't worry. They're made of felt, Joey says. <laughs> I will hire you for the next oh, children's sauce. party that I am in charge of. And there was several minutes of silence as the puppets each pretended to eat their felt oh. sausage. Several minutes of silence. I not even begun. That was a delectable half sausage. We do not have time to finish it all. <laughs> I only ate. I only ate but a quarter of my sausage. All right. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. I'm sorry. Your humor magic must be afflicting me too heavily. Oh, but we I need must to make, make way from your cage and let someone else complete this. 
social transaction. Now the matter is we need you to make sausages for us. For the crocodile. Oh, the crocodile. He's scary. Not with a belly full of sausages. Well, his belly never gets full. That's the whole thing about the crocodile, isn't it? He's always hungry, but he does love my sausages. Yes, and we'll give him sausages so the biscuit boys can make their deliveries. Oh, the biscuit boys are such wonderful people. I'm sure. Almost like my closest friend, Punch. Mm, group huddle. Yes, Why I love do you disturb huddles. me from my laughter? Nope, Joey, you're not allowed in this huddle. This is a Jack and Austin huddle. No, Tears Joey's allowed. down Joey's face as he was very, very alone. This fellow's friends with Punch. Well, all we need is his sausages. We don't need him. Yeah, but don't we need sausages long term? No, we... Maybe if we ask for more... And then use a, a, a trail of them to lead the crocodile out of the lake. And then we catch it and send it back from whence it came. You mean this cage? Oh, that's what the open cage is for. Oh, yes, Joey. that makes sense. Hello. How long Friend? have you been in here? Oh, a very long time. What do you know of the outside? The state of the Maker? The Maker made me to be friends with Punch. Oh. Unconditionally? I love Punch. But what if the Punch did something terrible? I can't... And Joey made a very uncomfortable face. He didn't like the idea of Punch doing something bad. What if Punch did something bad to the maker? Joey now looked like he was about to cry, and like he would never make another sausage again. Oh, buck up, Joey. I'm just speaking in hypotheticals. I sure hope Punch would never do it. I don't think my best friend Punch would ever do anything bad. Oh no, Punch is a delight. Now you stay here, and I'm gonna go check on that book over there. And Jack walked over to check on whatever exactly he said he was going to check up on. The book, of course. That book over there in the cage. It caught my eye so. Ah, the book is a massive leather-bound black journal, which might even serve as a sketchbook for a street artist or a small puppet artist. Its full title is The Book of Shadows, which is written in large gilt letters on the cover. It has a large brass hasp to hold it shut. Mechanism for opening and closing it looks only to be able to be operated from the outside. It sits alone on the stone floor and it is so big that it would probably take Why Jack, I'd love to Billy, just and let Orson me get under it, it like this. Can you lend me a hand over here? Yes, let's make it quick. Ah. And the puppets opened the book. And just then a strange noise filled the air. The sound of organ music playing an ominous note. And deep <clears throat> in the shadows of the 
prison cell, they saw a shadow puppet, the silhouette of a shadow puppet, a nightmarish vampire silhouette. It took a, a form of a tall, stooped slender man with a bald head, protruding pointed ears, and freakishly long arms. Unnaturally large and bony hands, fingers as long and tipped with ragged claw-like nails, and his face a weak-chinned overbite with two long rat-like fangs replacing the incisors a normal human would have. And it threw its head back and capered about the cage. And then, one after another, many other horrible puppets began to pop out of the book, one after the other, and run out the door down towards the mountain. Hmm. Perhaps well, that was I hope not that the wi- wasn't bad. Not the wisest choice, perhaps, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. But they were imprisoned by Punch. I know the maker, perhaps. Oh no! You let out Shrek and all his terrible <laughs> puppets. <laughs> I suppose. I'm sorry. We did. Who? Shrek. That. Okay. He's going to hide in the caverns and make it hard for you to leave now he just loves to scare puppets you know what might help us escape him what's that a copious amount of sausages joey frowns i don't see how i are my plan is complicated you just have to trust me joey it is in all of our best interests i don't know i don't want to run out of sausages I don't know how many sausages I have, so I don't know how many will be all of them. And he hands you each another sausage. Oh, thank you so much. I can barely even start at my first one, but here I guess I'll enjoy a second. Is that all? Can we get more sausages? Sure. And he hands you each another sausage. More sausages! And he hands you each another sausage. Continue until I say stop. And he hands you each another sausage. You now have four sausages apiece. I didn't hear him say stop. I did not say stop. Oh, you just said it. A second time, third time at this point. Wait, now who's saying stop? Is it you? Enough. Or you? We must go. <laughs> Farewell, Clown Joey. Your humor is that of the maker himself. Joey pulled out his favorite unicycle and began to roll around his cage, juggling sausages as he went. Now, in case you did not see that, uh, Billy Singletongue, we will be stopped by Shrek and his companions on our way down. So we must make haste and be ready for adversity. Onward! Yes, onward! So... The puppets left without Joey the Clown, heading down through back through the caverns of the Box Mountain. Should we have freed him? We did free everyone else. I will fair. go back. I can drift down like a leaf on the wind. All right, then. You free him. Take my sausages. With pleasure. I am coming for you, Joey. And Billy Single, I mean, sorry, Jack Doubletongue put all the sausages inside himself with a big slurp. Saving these for later. And Orson got back to the cage where Joey sat. He said, oh. 
I'm sorry, I thought one of my friends was going to let you out. I will rescue you and you will escape with us. That would be so nice. I'm so tired of being in this cage. I'd really like to see the sun again. And Joey, Joey made a sad face and then a happy face. I will open your door. And the door was open. And Joey capered away. Now come, we can catch up. So two of the puppets had gotten ahead of Orson and Joey. Billy and Jack were ahead, the storyteller, the puppet master, assumed. And he saw a Jack Double Tongue making his way down through the mountain, inside full of sausages. All of a sudden, it felt a strange, cold feeling as a shadow fell over him. <laughs> cold despair. Hope and life draining away. His strength and life force leaving him. He turned to see the looming shadow of Shrek. Billy, go on without me. I fear this is my last leaving. Oh, harsh, cruel mistress of a world. To leave you in such a manner is not befitting of my station, but is deserved of one such as myself. And Shrek, who turned to greenish light as the sun began to set, or as the, as the dim sun poked a bit through the clouds of Puppet Land, his fingers danced on Jack Doubletongue as if he were plucking the strings of a harp. And each time, a strange coldness filled Jack Doubletongue. Oh, the fool. He simply brought himself into my striking range. With my last ounce of strength, pierce his soul and replenish my own. And with a blast of his sword, um, Jack did something that would hurt someone somewhere, perhaps. If only Why I could does find... time feel like it's slowing to a crawl? <laughs> The world is advancing without us. His sword poked a little hole in Shrek, who squealed and scampered away, only to run headfirst into Orson and Joey the Clown. And once more, his shadow spread across them, and now they felt the terrible, terrible unway. I don't know that I can continue on anymore. And everyone was very sad, and they all lay down and waited to die. I feel your suffering, my Billy Single Tongue. But it is not about whether you can press on. It's that you must. We are needed. We cannot simply lie here. I can't lie anywhere. <laughs> that was quite humorous. I appreciate your wordplay. Hopefully, my compliment was enough to bolster you to press on. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, friend, but there are things larger than us that need saving. I am a marionette. There are none larger than me. And the three puppets, dra the two 
The two puppets and Joey the Clown scampered away, dragging Billy the Hungry Tongue Horse behind them. And they came to the door of the box, which was still closed, and now Joey's uh, Tommy Turnkey's eyes opened from the inside. Oh, hello, friends. Hello, Joey. And Joey what do nodded. you demand, box? We don't have time for your pleasantries. Impossible or improbable? Impossible. Um, come on, come on, speed up with it. <laughs> um, can you move this? And, and before them appeared a giant anvil for Jack to move. Yes, yes. With a little help from my friends, of course. Come, lads. Give me a push. Joey rolled up his sleeves and began to help Jack both push the anvil. Come on, now. Even if Billy does not wish to help, I will squish him against it. <laughs> and so Billy, the squishy horse puppet, pressure. began to squish and horse puppet against it. And the anvil began to move. And Tommy smiled. You did it, Jack. You can go through. No, we did it. And I jump, as I, le- I say, leaping through the portal. Poison? <sighs> Impossible or improbable? Billy, you must come too. I will not leave you in this cave to rot. Answer me, horse! Oh, your friendship has given me a second wind. I think I'll be able to make it out of here yet. Show this box what it is that you are made of, then. Impossible or improbable? Impossible. And, uh, suddenly a Stream of milk begins to pour out of Tommy's mouth. Can Billy dodge it? Yes, I can! With a mighty leap, I can dodge anything! And as Billy dodges, he dodges faster than he's ever dodged anything before in his life. But Billy was getting to be an old puppet, and he had already lost some legs and arms before in his battles against Punch and his boys, and he had already injured himself trying to solve a sliding puzzle really quickly. And now all his legs bent and broke in strange ways. But still, he managed to get through the doorway. And now, Tommy It is turned. on you, clown. Exit quickly. Impossible or improbable? And Joey says, well, I don't know what the best thing to do would to be. I guess... Choose or I will leave you. And, uh... A giant spider descended from the ceiling. <laughs> nice. And Joey... <sighs> Joey the clown turned slowly to see the spider and with a strange motion rolled out of the way just in time and through the door. Improbable box! Let's go! <laughs> Improbable, huh? And a single fake mustache descended from the ceiling on a string. Go on. Am I supposed to dodge it? Put it on. A mustache is not necessarily a disguise. Perhaps it is winter and I shall wear it to keep me warm. Like a scarf and around Orson my shoulders. Grabbed the mu- I'm sorry, what did you say, Orson? <laughs> Nothing, continue. And Orson grabbed the mustache, and in his hurry to get it on, he accidentally put it right down his own throat. 
and began to choke. <laughs> but somehow, he staggered to the door. And even though he lost another puzzle piece along with everyone else, he everyone was outside. Well, we must make haste. Show, he said. Make haste, gentlemen. Make haste to the crocodile. The puppets, the puppets made their way to the crocodile, who was hanging out in the lake of milk and cookies. Hurry, our sausages, quickly! Away from the biscuit boys. Yeah, take my sausages. There was no biscuit boys in the lake right now, but the crocodile was chewing on some other puppets. Crocodile, I've got your sausages. The crocodile turned over there and ran off towards the sauce where he threw the sausages and ate them. And then went back to the lake and began to chew back. We must trap it. (laughs) It's not simply enough to lure it away. It will come back. All right, then. Puppet. Crocodile, come get your sausage. I'll waggle it deliciously in front of you. (laughs) Jack waggled his sausage this way and that. And the crocodile began to Uh -uh. charge him. The poor thing will never catch me, and of course... Gnashing, looking to get his little puppet lips around Jack's sausage. I'll throw it through the po- through the door, trapping the crocodile once again in the box. But it was such a very long walk back to the box. And Jack had to get back inside through, Joey, through Tommy's test. I'll leave one sausage to distract him while I complete the test. Tommy, quickly! The matter at hand. Impo- improbable. Impossible. Impro- <laughs> Let's see. What do we have left here? We've got kick things, <laughs> move, move controls. Control temper. Hurry, hurry now, Tommy, hurry! A, uh, a, um, a hectoring clown popped out of the thing. Not a clown like Joey, but a mean, annoying clown. And began to mock Jack Doubletongue. Mock him good. I have no time for this clown! I need to get through this door. Oh, yes, test, test. Cloud, you are... You are Cloud. You are doing your job. I accept it. (laughs) And the door spun open. And I... Get your sausage. And I will... Hurl. Sausage, sausage, get in. In the cage, I will throw it. (laughs) And slam the door behind you, you stupid crocodile! And the crocodile trampled Jack until it was nothing but a pile of dead sauce, of dead puppet limbs. But then he went inside the thing, and his <laughs> friends closed the door, and the day was saved. And Punch was foiled yet again. And somewhere in his palace, Punch Punch's eyes closed, and he was sad. And he saw the shadow of Jack Ketch at his window. And what happened to Billy Hungry Tongue and Orson Toothingrin? We sleepily fall to the floor as sentience stolen from us as we crumble, falling to the earth and landing sweetly in our varying degrees of comforting beds. Be it a bed of hay, a bed of wood, or a measly pile of shit on the floor. Okay. Mm. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to the 53rd episode of the Actual Play. Network podcast. That was uh, Puppetland. Um, thanks very much to our sponsor, WhalingCityWeb.com. Visit WhalingCityWeb.com slash podcast for more information. 
that was the scenario The Box by Aaron Dembo, which is included in the main Puppetland book. Uh, you can find all of our Twitter information on the website, actualplay.network, in the show notes. If you like the show, tell a friend, review us on your podcast service of choice, or you can email me at gm at actualplay.network, and I will personally thank you. Uh, Gino does telecard illustrations for our site. If you dig his art, he has a long-running webcomic up at pizzabranks.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 508-817-3408. Andrew and I have another podcast, a monthly show called the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast, which is an exciting look at horror movies from before 1979. In the most recent episode, we covered Night of the Living Dead. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.